Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 2 Timothy. Today is episode 701, and we're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. through Let's read the passage. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. What you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. This is Paul's second letter to Timothy that we have. Paul is in Rome, in prison, not under house arrest, but in prison. He is now considered a criminal, an enemy of the state, because Nero has begun persecuting Christians. And so Paul has been arrested as a leader of the Christian group and is probably going to be executed. In retrospect, he will be executed, but from his perspective, it's a likelihood that he will be executed. And he's writing this letter to Timothy. Timothy is still in Ephesus. We saw Timothy there when Paul wrote 1 Timothy. It's been about four years, but Timothy's still there, still dealing with some hard times. And it sounds like they may have even gotten harder because of Paul's arrest, Paul's imprisonment, persecution of Christians. It's harder to be a Christian now. And with Paul, the primary leader in that end of the world, in prison now, it's very much. Uh, hard to be a Christian. People are falling away saying, I don't know if we want to follow this since a criminal's leading us. And I don't know if we want to be seen by the government associating with that kind of stuff. So a lot of people have fallen away from the faith. And so Paul is sending this letter to Timothy to encourage him. He wants Timothy to come visit him, but that may not happen. Paul may be executed before Timothy ever gets there. Paul has just given these models of shame and courage. He talked about Phygelus and Hermogenes, who have fallen away from the faith. They have deserted Paul, and the way Paul speaks, it's not just deserted Paul, but deserted Paul and Paul's teachings, the gospel. So they have deserted the faith. But then he talked about Onesiphorus, who searched and found Paul, even in prison, and supported Paul, even when it could be dangerous to himself to do so. And he remained faithful. He was not ashamed. So after that, after the uh, shame and courage, he says, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You see the examples of positive and negative? Okay, let's bring it now to you. You, Timothy. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And he calls him my son. That's the term he often uses for Timothy. And I think it highlights the relationship he has with Timothy. So it's encouraging Timothy, but I also think it's there for the sake of others who will read this letter also. Help give Timothy that authority because he's looking to Timothy carry on the ministry. Paul knows his time is limited. And he's looking to Timothy to carry it on. He says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He uses some of the same language, or at least similar to language he used in chapter 1, back in 
chapter 1, verse 7, he said that God's not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So there he was talking about the power of God and specifically linking it to the Holy Spirit. In verse 8, he said, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. So twice there he mentioned power. Once he was linking it to the Holy Spirit, then he was linking it to God. Now, here he says, be strong in the graces in Christ Jesus. Now, this word be strong, it's the same word group as power. So it's basically be empowered. And it's a passive tense of a verb. By passive, it means Timothy's not the one carrying out the action of the verb. It's somebody else doing the action of the verb, but Timothy is the recipient of it. So the implication there is the power of God, that God will provide the strength for Timothy. Verse 7, you have the power related to the Holy Spirit. Verse 8, you have the power of God. And here he's talking about be empowered in the graces in Christ Jesus. The whole trinity there are there for empowerment for Timothy to carry on. He specifically says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Back in chapter 1 again, verse 6, right before he talked about the power, he talked about rekindling the gift of God. And grace and gift are in the same word group. Gift is charisma. Grace is charis. And so when we talk about the charisma, we often talk about the grace gift. But here he's talking specifically about grace. So what we see here is him repeating some of the same language he used in chapter 1. He's reiterating it now and bringing it to some specific instructions for Timothy. Be strong in the grace. That's an imperative. Be strong. It's command. Do this. Now, verse 2, what you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Commit. That's another imperative, a command. Now, what is he talking about here? He's talking about teaching people, not just teaching people, but teaching people to be teachers. Commit to faithful men this message, the gospel, the word of God, and you want to do that to men who will be able to teach others also. So in 1 Timothy, he was talking more about church leadership with appointing overseers and deacons, people who'd be able to provide some leadership in the church because there's probably going to be losing some elders because of discipline of them being caught up in the false teaching. Well, now he needs teachers is his primary push here. And what's the specific qualification for these teachers? Faithful. Faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So, faithful to the message. Faithful to the gospel. And that's part of the problem. People falling away from the faith. And with an ability to teach. Then, verse 3. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. This is another imperative. Share in the suffering. So, we've got three imperatives here. Things, what Timothy is to do. He is to be strong, he is to commit the message, and he is to share in the suffering. Now, back in chapter 1, verse 8, he said, Don't be ashamed, but share in the suffering. So he's repeating that again. So you see a lot of repetition from chapter 1. Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Things are getting tough. 
to be a Christian. And for Timothy to move forward, particularly as a leader, stepping up, taking actually more, taking on a lot of what Paul has been doing, there is going to be suffering. And so he's now using a military analogy, a good soldier of Christ Jesus. And he continues that in verse 4. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of civilian life. He seeks to please the commanding officer. So what's his point here? He's talking about basically devotion to duty. Don't get caught up in other stuff. Focus on the mission. And what's the mission that Timothy has? Teach the gospel. To proclaim the gospel. To strengthen the churches. To appoint leaders. To ensure that good leaders are in place. And if leaders step out of line, to discipline them. To remove them. And to teach teachers. He's got a lot going on here. And that's the, the focus here is, just as a soldier, I get caught up in other stuff. You focus on the mission. Verse 5. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he's not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. So now he's using an athletic metaphor. And the crown is for finishing the race. But it doesn't happen unless you compete according to the rules. Now, what's he talking about here, specifically with regard to Timothy? Well, I think it's maybe an issue of self-control, but I see it more just the whole idea. you got to do it right. It's not just get something done. It's do it right. Do the right thing. And so, with these appointing leaders, he's got to appoint good leaders. When he's committing the message to men to be teachers, they've got to be faithful to the message and able to teach. So it's not just doing something, it's doing the right thing and doing it right. Then verse 6, the hardworking farmer ought to be the first to get a share of the crops. Well, now using an agriculture metaphor. Now what's the takeaway here? Well, one just the word hardworking, hardworking farmer. But here's the idea of reward. The farmer gets to keep some of the crops. He gets his pick of which crops to keep. So what's the idea of reward here? Well, he's talking about spiritual things here. So it's a spiritual reward. Now, he doesn't spell out exactly what he's talking about, but I think he's often alluded to the final judgment. So the reward will be what's God's response at the final judgment. If you are faithful and if you have participated in the suffering and have done all these things Paul has said to do, then God's going to be pleased at the final judgment. Verse 7, he says, Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. I think it's pretty plain what Paul's saying, but he's challenging Timothy to think about this. Think about what I'm telling you and let God guide you. So I think the message itself is plain enough, but as far as specific application, as far as specifically who to commit the message to, to be teachers, they say I have to depend on the Lord to lead that, as far as who to appoint as leaders, as far as who to remove as leaders, all the specifics of all this, he is going to have to rely on God for this. Just as God will empower him with the power God will also empower him with the wisdom. So he's setting Timothy up to carry on the gospel ministry without Paul. That's going to be a pretty scary task. Timothy's done a lot. Actually, Timothy's been away from Paul now for 
probably three or four years. And Timothy's been in Ephesus dealing with stuff. But it looks like Paul set him up for even even bigger role. And it's pretty scary stuff. But his assurance to Timothy is God will empower you to do what you're being called to do. But you can't do it alone. You need leaders in the church, but they've got to be good, solid leaders. And you need more teachers, but they've got to be faithful teachers, faithful to the Word of God. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through Second Timothy.